0: Sh'ma Yisra'el Adonai Elohim Adonai Echad Baruch Shem K'vod Malchum here, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of his kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpaka. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. In Matthew 4.4, Yeshua said these words, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Taking in the word of God every day is life to our spirit and health to our bones. It is prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there would be a famine, not a famine for food, but a famine for the word of God, as it is written in Amos 8, 11 and 12. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord and shall not find it. Even in the days of Joseph, there were seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is 20 minutes every day of pure scripture flowing out, living manner to feed your spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. Today we continue the Torah portion for the week, Sukkot. Leviticus 23, 23-44 HaShem spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to B'nai Israel thus, In the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall observe a complete rest, a sacred occasion commemorated with loud blasts. You shall not work at your occupations, and you shall bring an offering by fire to Hashem. Hashem spoke to Moses, saying, Mark, the tenth day of this seventh month is the Day of Atonement. It shall be a sacred occasion for you. You shall practice self-denial, and you shall bring an offering by fire to Hashem. You shall do no work throughout that day, for it is a Day of Atonement on which expiation is made on your behalf before Hashem your God. Indeed, any person who does not practice self-denial throughout that day shall be cut off from his kin. And whoever does any work throughout that day, I will cause that person to perish from among his people. Do no work whatever. It is a law for all time throughout the ages in all your settlements. It shall be a Shabbat of complete rest for you, and you shall practice self-denial. On the ninth day of the month, at evening, from evening to evening, you shall observe this, your Shabbat. Hashem spoke to Moses saying, Say to B'nai Israel, on the fifteenth day of this seventh month, there shall be the festival of Sukkot to Hashem to last seven days. The first day shall be a sacred occasion you shall not work at your occupations. Seven days you shall bring offerings by fire to Hashem. On the eighth day you shall observe a sacred occasion and bring an offering by fire to Hashem. It is a solemn gathering. You shall not work at your occupations. Those are the set times of Hashem that you shall celebrate as sacred occasions, bringing offerings by fire to Hashem. Burnt offerings, meal offerings, sacrifices, and libations, on each day what is proper to it. Apart from the Shabbat of Hashem, and apart from your gifts, and from all your votive offerings, and from all your free will offerings that you give to Hashem, mark on the fifteenth day of the seventh month, when you have gathered in the yield of your land, on the first day you shall take the product of hadar branches, branches of palm trees, boughs of leafy trees, and willows of the brook, and you shall rejoice before Hashem your God for seven days. You shall observe it as a festival of Hashem for seven days in the year. You shall observe it in the seventh month as a law for all time throughout the ages. You shall live in booths or sukkahs for seven days. All citizens in Israel shall live in booths. Or sukkahs, in order that future generations may know that I made B'nai Israel live in booths when I brought them out of the land of Egypt, I Hashem, your God. So Moses declared to the Israelites the set times of Hashem. Isaiah fifty seven fifteen through fifty nine twenty-one. For thus said he who high aloft forever dwells, whose name is holy, I dwell on high in holiness yet with the contrite and the lowly in spirit, reviving the spirits of the lowly, reviving the hearts of the contrite. For I will not always contend, I will not be angry forever. Nay, I who made spirits flag also create the breath of life. For their sinful greed, I was angry. I struck them and turned away in my wrath. Though stubborn, they follow the way of their hearts. I note how they fare and will heal them. I will guide them and meet out solace to them and to the mourners among them. Heartening, comforting words it shall be. Well, with the far and the near, said Hashem, and I will heal them. But the wicked are like the troubled sea which cannot rest, whose waters toss up mire and mud. There is no safety, said my God, for the wicked. Cry with full throat, without restraint. Raise your voice like a shofar. Declare to my people their transgression, to the house of Jacob their sin. To be sure, they seek me daily, eager to learn my ways. Like a nation that does what is right, that has not abandoned the laws of its Hashem, they ask me for the right way. They are eager for the nearness of Hashem. Why, when we fasted, did you not see? When we starved our bodies, did you pay no heed? Because on your fast day, you see to your business and oppress all your laborers, because you fast in strife and contention, and you strike with a wicked fist. Your fasting today is not such as to make your voice heard on high. Is such the fast I desire, a day for men to starve their bodies? Is it bowing the head like a bulrush and lying in sackcloth and ashes? Do you call that a fast, a day when Hashem is favorable? No, this is the fast I desire, to unlock fetters of wickedness and untie the cords of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, to break off every yoke. It is to share your bread with the hungry and to take the wretched poor into your home when you see the naked, to clothe him and not to ignore your own kin. Then shall your light burst through like the dawn and your healing spring up quickly. Your vindicator shall march before you The presence of Hashem shall be your rear guard. Then, when you call, Hashem will answer. When you cry, He will say, Here I am. If you banish the yoke from your midst, the menacing hand and evil speech, and you offer your compassion to the hungry and satisfy the famished creature, then shall your light shine in darkness and your gloom shall be like noonday. Hashem will guide you always. He will slake your thirst in parched places and give strength to your bones. You shall be like a watered garden, like a spring whose waters do not fail. Men from your midst shall rebuild ancient ruins. You shall restore foundations laid long ago, and you shall be called repairer of fallen walls, restorer of lanes for habitation. If you refrain from trampling the Shabbat, from pursuing your own affairs on my holy day, if you call the Shabbat a delight, Hashem's holy day honored, and if you honor it and go not your ways, nor look to your affairs, nor strike bargains, then you can seek the favor of Hashem. I will set you astride the heights of the earth and let you enjoy the heritage of your father Jacob, for the mouth of Hashem has spoken. No, Hashem's arm is not too short to save, or his ear too dull to hear. But your iniquities have been a barrier between you and your God. Your sins have made him turn his face away and refuse to hear you. For your hands are defiled with crime, and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips speak falsehood. Your tongue utters treachery. No one sues justly or pleads honestly. Then rely on emptiness and speak falsehood, conceiving wrong and begetting evil. They hatch adder's eggs and weave spider's webs. He who eats of those eggs will die, and if one is crushed, it hatches out a viper. Their webs will not serve as a garment. What they make cannot serve as clothing. Their deeds are deeds of mischief. Their hands commit lawless acts. Their feet run after evil. They hasten to shed the blood of the innocent." Their plans are plans of mischief, destructiveness, and injury are on their roads. They do not care for the way of integrity. There is no justice on their paths. They make their courses crooked. No one who walks in them cares for integrity. That is why redress is far from us, and vindication does not reach us. We hope for light, and lo, there is darkness." For a gleam, and we must walk in gloom. We grope like blind men along a wall. Like those without eyes, we grope. We stumble at noon, as if in darkness. Among the sturdy, we are like the dead. We all growl like bears, and moan like doves. We hope for redress, and there is none. For victory, and it is far from us. For our many sins are before you. Our guilt testifies against us. We are aware of our sins and we know well our iniquities. Rebellion, faithlessness to Hashem, and turning away from our God, planning fraud and treachery, conceiving lies and uttering them with the throat. And so redress is turned back and vindication stays afar because honesty stumbles in the public square and uprightness cannot enter. Honesty has been lacking. He who turns away from evil is despoiled. Hashem saw and was displeased that there was no redress. He saw that there was no man. He gazed long, but no one intervened. Then his own arm won him triumph. His victorious right hand supported him. He donned victory like a coat of mail with a helmet of triumph on his head. He clothed himself with garments of retribution, wrapped himself in zeal as in a robe. According to their deserts, so shall he repay fury to his foes. He shall make requital to his enemies, requital to the distant lands. From the west they shall revere the name of Hashem, and from the east his presence. For he shall come like a hemmed-in stream which the wind of Hashem drives on. He shall come as Redeemer to Zion, to those in Jacob who turn back from sin, declares Hashem. And this shall be my covenant with them, said Hashem, my spirit which is upon you, and the words which I have placed in your mouth shall not be absent from your mouth, nor from the mouth of your children, nor from the mouth of your children's children, says Hashem, from now on, For all time. Philippians 1, 1 1-26 Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Yeshua, to all the saints in Yeshua who are at Philippi with the bishops and deacons, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Yeshua HaMashiach. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, Always in prayer of mine for you all, making request with joy, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you, will perform until the day of Yeshua. Even as it is meet for me to think of you all, as I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my bonds and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. You are all partakers of my grace. For God is my record, how greatly I long after you all in the bowels of Yeshua. And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment, that you may approve things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Yeshua. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Yeshua unto the glory and praise of God. But I would should you understand, brethren, that the things which happen to me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. So that my bonds in Yeshua are manifest in all the palace, and in all other places, and many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Yeshua, even of envy and strife, and some also of good will. The one preach Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my bonds, but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. What then, notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Yeshua is preached, and I therein do rejoice, yea, yea. And will rejoice, for I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Yeshua, according to my earnest expectation and my hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so now also Yeshua shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. For to me to live is Yeshua, and to die But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet, which I shall choose, I wot not. For I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart, and to be with Yeshua, which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. And having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you, all for your furtherance and joy of faith that your rejoicing may be more abundant in Yeshua for me by my coming to you again. Psalm 71, 1-24 In you, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be put to confusion. Deliver me in your righteousness and cause me to escape. Incline your ear to me and save me. Be my strong habitation, whereunto I may continually resort. You have given commandment to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. Deliver me, O my God, out of the hand of the wicked, out of the hand of the unrighteous and cruel man. For you are my hope, O Lord God. You are my trust from my youth. By you have I been holden up from the womb. You are he that took me out of my mother's bowels. My prey shall be continually of you. I am as a wonder unto many but you are my strong refuge. Let my mouth be filled with your praise and with your honor all the day. Cast me not off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength fails. For my enemies speak against me, and they that lay wait for my soul take counsel together, saying, God has forsaken him. Persecute and take him, for there is none to deliver him. O God, be not far from me. O my God, make haste, For my help, let them be confounded and consumed that are adversaries to my soul, let them be covered with reproach and dishonor that seek my hurt. But I will hope continually and will yet praise you more and more. My mouth shall show forth your righteousness and your salvation all the day, for I know not the numbers thereof. I will go in the strength of the Lord God. I will make mention of your righteousness, even of yours only. O God, you have taught me from my youth, and hitherto have I declared your wondrous works. Now also, when I am old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not, until I have shown your strength unto this generation and your power to everyone that is to come. Your righteousness also, O God, is very high, who has done great things, O God, who is like unto you. You which have showed me great and sore troubles shall quicken me again and shall bring me up again from the depths of the earth. You shall increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. I will also praise you with the psaltery, even your truth, O my God. Unto you will I sing with the harp, O you holy one of Israel." My lips shall greatly rejoice when I sing unto you, and my soul which you have redeemed. My tongue also shall talk of your righteousness all the day long, for they are confounded, for they are brought unto shame that seek my hurt. Proverbs 24, 9 and 10 The thought of foolishness is sin, and the scorner is an abomination to men. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Today I'd like to speak to you from our Torah portion from Leviticus chapter 23, and then we're going to dive into Isaiah 57 and 58. Let's begin with Leviticus chapter 23, verse 24, where it is written, Speak to B'nai Israel thus, In the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall observe complete rest, a sacred occasion commemorated with loud blasts. Now this verse is talking about Yom Teruah, or Feast of Trumpets. The entire chapter of Leviticus 23 is all about the feasts of the Lord, the biblical feasts that he wants us to observe and follow. They're not the Jews' feasts, they're the Lord's feasts, and they're for all of God's people to follow. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. This verse refers to the celebration of the holiday of Rosh Hashanah, also known as Feast of Trumpets, the Jewish New Year, and the first of the high holidays in the fall. The story is told of a small, uneducated child who did not know Hebrew and thus could not participate in Rosh Hashanah services. He desperately wanted to pray with the congregation on such a holy day, and so he entered the synagogue and hesitantly approached the Holy Ark. As the congregants looked at him in confusion, he called out to Hashem by simply reciting the letters of the Hebrew alphabet, the only Hebrew familiar to him. There was not a person in the room who wasn't moved by his pure desire to return to Hashem, and the gates of heaven immediately opened to accept his prayers. Do not think that the road to heaven is closed to you. God is always ready to welcome anyone who sincerely desires to approach him now let's jump down to leviticus chapter 23 verse 39 where it is written mark on the fifteenth day of the seventh month when you have gathered in the yield of your land on the first day you shall take the product of hadar trees branches of palm trees boughs of leafy trees and willows of the brook and you shall rejoice before Hashem your God for seven days. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. One of the unique practices of the holiday of Sukkot is the taking of the four species. The sages of the Midrash tell us that these four species symbolize four different personality types. The etrog, or citron, which is both fragrant and tasty. There's fruit and smell represents a person who knows both the Torah and also performs good deeds. The lulav, or palm branch, has tasty fruit, but no aroma or smell. And thus, it represents a person who has knowledge of Torah, but does not perform good deeds, no fruit. Conversely, the hadas, or the myrtle branch, has a pleasant smell, but no taste. And this represents a person who does good deeds, but lacks Torah knowledge, and the Arava, or the willow branch, which lacks both smell and taste, represents a person who has neither the Torah nor good deeds. By taking all these different species and holding them together, we emphasize the importance of everyone, with all of their strengths and weaknesses coming together and uniting in the service of the one true God. Now I'll tell you a very uh, quick true story. Um, every year at Sukkot, uh, that is held by the Lion and Lamb Ministries uh, organization with Monty Judah and Ephraim Judah, they meet in Oklahoma at a local county park and take over the entire park for those eight days. And on opening night, everyone is handed a branch. People are camped in RVs, in trailers, and in tents, anywhere from 700 to 1,000 people. And our evening services are open air. Under the stars, out on a big parking lot, and they have a big sound system all set up. So everyone is handed a freshly cut branch, and during the service, during the worship, everyone waves their branch that they have, and then at the end of the service, there is the frame, the framework for a sukkah, a community sukkah, and everyone uh, streams to this one sukkah, community sukkah and throws their branch up on the roof of this sukkah. And it becomes beautifully uh, decorated with all these hundreds of branches on the roof of the sukkah. It's absolutely beautiful to behold. So, the next part of our verse, On the first day you shall take the product of Hadar tree, Trees, branches of palm trees, boughs of leafy trees, and willows of the brook, and you shall rejoice before Hashem your God for seven days. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles, was the most joyous of the festivals observed in the Beit HaMikdash. According to the sages, on Sukkot, however, Hashem judges the people for water and determines how much rain will fall in the coming year. Given the fact that Eretz Israel is very dependent on rainfall, it seems that Sukkot should be a solemn time and not one of joyous celebration. What is the reason for such festivity? By making his people dependent on rainfall, which comes from heaven, Hashem ensures that they must maintain a close connection with him through prayer at all times. It is the constant connection with the Almighty by virtue of His children's continued dependence on Him, which is the cause for great celebration on Sukkot. Now let's jump on down to Leviticus 23 verse 43 where it is written, well, let's start in verse 42. You shall live in booths or sukkahs for seven days. All citizens in Israel shall live in booths. Verse 43. In order that future generations may know that I made B'nai Yisrael live in booths when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I, Hashem, your God. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. The holiday of Sukkot recalls the protective shelter Hashem provided to the people of Israel in the desert. By following him into the wilderness... They demonstrated their unshakable faith in the Lord and their unwavering love for Him, as it says in Jeremiah 2, two. Thus said Hashem, I accounted to your favor the devotion of your youth. Your love is a bride, how you followed me in the wilderness, in a land not sown. By leaving their sturdy homes and eating and sleeping in a sukkah for the seven days of the holiday, future generations demonstrate their unshakable trust in Hashem and their faith that he will continue to take care of them throughout all of their challenges and tribulations, just as he did in the wilderness. Now let's jump into Isaiah chapter 57. And let's take a look at verse 9. And let's take a look at verse 19, where we'll start with verse 18. I note how they fare and will heal them, I will guide them and meet out solace to them and to the mourners among them. Verse 19, heartening, comforting words it shall be. Well, well with the far and the near, said Hashem, and I will heal them. Isaiah concludes the chapter with a promise that Hashem will provide the exiles who return with healing and comfort. This is the commentary from the Israel Bible. The blessing of Israel is proffered both to the far, though still in exile, and to the near, the exiles who have already arrived in the land of Israel. Rashi interprets the terms far and near as spiritual markers, whether one has engaged in righteous behavior from birth or only recently returned wholeheartedly to the right path. Hashem's blessing of peace is upon them. So let me add to that interpretation and comment Those who are near and those who are far. The Torah is written in code. And you use scripture to interpret scripture. You look for a definition within the scripture. And so uh, there's another scripture that's in Ephesians that talks about uh, those who are far and those who are near. And really, those who are far is the northern kingdom, the non-Jewish part of the nation of Israel. And those who are near is the southern kingdom, the kingdom of Judah. Those who, uh, they were in exile for 70 years in Babylon, and then a remnant returned to the land of Israel. So they were near. And those who were far, the northern kingdom, they went into exile to Assyria, and then they were uh, absorbed, assimilated, and scattered to all the nations of the earth. So this is a reference to the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. The cross-reference to this passage that we just read in Isaiah is in Ephesians chapter 2, and it's verses 11 to 13. And here we have the code code words of near and far, and to put into context. So in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11 through 13, it is written, Therefore, remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, these are non-Jews, Who are called uncircumcision that's another code word and it's a a word to describe a non-Jew by what is called the circumcision and a circumcision is referring to a Jew so circumcision is Jew, uncircumcision is a non-Jew those who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands that at that time You were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. So he's talking to the non-Jews. You were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, the covenants made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Yeshua, you who once were far off, far off, And the subject is the Gentiles, the non-Jews. You who once were far off, that is the Gentiles, the non-Jews, the northern kingdom, have been brought near by the blood of Yeshua. So those who are near are the Jews. Those who were once far off are the non-Jews, but they have been brought near by the blood of Yeshua. Now let's come back into Isaiah, and we're going to jump into Isaiah chapter 58. And in Isaiah chapter 58, this whole chapter is talking about what kind of a fast does God really want. He wants a fast that's from the heart. He wants a fast uh, of where we share our bread and our food and our meals with those who are hungry to unlock the fetters of wickedness, untie the cords of the yoke, to put away the pointing of the finger, to stop judging one another, and to share your food with the hungry, and to take in the wretched poor into your home, and then your light shall burst through like the dawn, and your healing will spring up quickly. So, jumping down now to Isaiah chapter 58, verse 12, it is written, Men from your midst shall rebuild ancient ruins. You shall restore foundations laid long ago, and you shall be called repairer of fallen walls, restorer of lanes for habitation. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. Although the old city was lost in the 1948 War of Independence, it was liberated in June 1967 Six-Day War. In May of 67, Israeli songwriter Naomi Shimer composed the song Jerusalem of Gold, for the Israeli Song Festival. In it, she poetically describes the people's 2,000-year longing and yearning for the city, how the cisterns have dried, the marketplace is empty, and no one frequents the Temple Mount and the old city. Jerusalem of gold and of bronze and of light. Behold, I am a liar for all your songs." Not only an instant national hit, when war broke out a month later, its lyrics and melody expressed the longing for ancient Jerusalem, which would be liberated in that war in a way that mere words could not. Just after the war, Shimer added another stanza. The cisterns are filled again with water. The square with joyous crowd on the Temple Mount within the old city. The shofar rings out loud. The ancient ruins were rebuilt and the foundations laid long ago restored. Fittingly, Jerusalem Shell Zahav has become Israel's unofficial national anthem. And now I want to take a look at uh, Isaiah 58 verses 13 and 14. Before I read these verses, for many years, I don't know, 15 or 20 years, when I first got saved, and was born again and had Yeshua come and dwell in my heart, I began my faith journey in the Sunday church, and I learned much there. I grew much there. I learned about godly fruit and character. I learned about the spiritual gifts. I learned about the basic salvation message. Um, I learned many, many things there, and I'm very grateful for the time that I had in the Sunday mainstream church. But um, after a season, I was hungering and wanting something more, longing for something more. And then I came into the understanding of the he- Hebraic roots of the Christian faith, that we are to follow all of the Bible from cover to cover, Genesis to Revelation, not just the New Testament, that Yeshua did not come to nail the Torah to the cross or to do away with the Torah, he came to fulfill it. And we are to walk as he walked. So um, when that transition point happened for me, uh, I understood and it came to my heart that I should be following and keeping the Shabbat. And Shabbat is Friday night, sundown, through Saturday night, sundown. And for all those years, I've been doing the Sunday church thing. So I made the switch and I crossed over and began to keep the Sabbath. So these next two verses are really an exhortation to us about the Sabbath and why the Sabbath is important. Now, this is no slam on any of those who might be listening who still do the Sunday church thing. That's fine. You have to follow your conviction. And it's really up to the Holy Spirit to unveil and reveal these things to you and put that conviction in your heart of you know, what you are needing to be doing. So let me just read these verses and then we'll talk about it. Isaiah chapter 58, verses 13 to 14. If you refrain from trampling the Shabbat, from pursuing your affairs on my holy day, if you call the Shabbat a delight, Hashem's holy day honored, and if you honor it and go not your own ways, nor look to your affairs, nor strike bargains, Then you can seek the favor of Hashem. I will set you astride the heights of the earth and let you enjoy the heritage of your father Jacob for the mouth of Hashem has spoken. So this is an if-then promise. He's promising. He's saying, if you will not do your own thing on Saturday, but instead you set it apart, you consecrate it, you make it holy, that that's the day, the appointed day of seeking the Lord seeking his word seeking his spirit Um, then he's promising that he will give us favor and we will astride the heights of the earth and enjoy the heritage of our father jacob so the israel bible commentary to verse 14 reads as follows isaiah describes the beautiful rewards for following hashem's commandments those who do so will delight in the heritage of jacob and what is the heritage of Jacob? As it says in Sefer Breshit, Hashem promised Jacob that the ground upon which you are lying, that is, the land of Israel, I will assign to you and to your offspring. So there's a day coming, beloved. Dear friends, when ultimately, at some point in time in the future, all of those people who love the God of Israel will get to uh, enjoy the heritage of Jacob, get to enjoy the land being planted in the land of Israel. Now, if you happen to be Jewish, guess what? You can make Aliyah right now and go live there. That's a huge blessing. And many, many, many thousands and tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of Jews have done just that, either because they were being persecuted in the nation that they left and fled, or because they just felt strongly drawn to return to the land of Israel. But beloved, there is a day coming, I believe, when the non-Jews who love the God of Israel, who love the land of Israel, who love the Torah, the Bible, and the Jewish people, that we will be allowed one day to return in God's timing and enjoy the heritage of Jacob. That day will come. Whether it's now in this life or in eternity in heaven. Ultimately, our destination is Israel and it is Jerusalem because that's where Yeshua is. And I don't know about you, my friend, but wherever Yeshua is, that's where I want to be. He's going to rule and reign from Mount Zion, from Jerusalem for a thousand years. And that's where I want to be. Amen. Have a blessed day and we will see you tomorrow. The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24-26 Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.